CrossPolitik begins in three, two, one. Stop a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> Is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. No government, no political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is King of Kings, and it's about time our nation returned in humble submission to his lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. I didn't start. But sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start it. Right When the spirit comes upon people, they go to war. They go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered. You are listening to Cross Politic with Gabe Wrench, the Waterboy, Pastor Toby Sumter, and the Chocolate Knox. Hello, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politic, man. We got a great show for you. We got Ben Kinslow coming up on the show later. Um, we actually got about 40 minutes with him. So oh, yeah. Our last two segments. That's oh. a, a must interview. Stick around for that. Um, but before we get there, um, we just really appreciate all our listeners who've, who've signed up for our Cross Politic membership. Um, this last month, and if you continue to do that during this month, during this month, you get a free T-shirt. We're out of bumper magnets. Oh, we are. I'm sorry, I'm looking at a stack I'm of sorry. them over here. What are you talking oh! about? Never mind. We might be able to. We might have a couple more. There's, there's, there's a couple more. So it's while supplies last. If you sign up for a membership <laughs> and T-shirt and a T-shirt that we don't and, sell in you know, the store, from ten bucks to hundred bucks, please. Um, we'd love to. Um, we'll email you. Get your T-shirt and a big, size big thanks and, to everybody yeah. that's been signing up. Um, it's a huge help. Um, we're able Absolutely. to do some more promotion for our shows. We're mm-hmm. trying to get word out there. We're trying to get um more interviews, and mm-hmm. every bit helps. And we are really, really grateful. And related to those interviews, I have been um, emailing back and forth with Vice President Mike Pence's scheduler. Ooh. And and so tag him on Twitter. Someone already did it. I, I, yeah, I retweeted. So, that. You see that? I Someone already did. So tag, so tag Mike Pence on Twitter okay. to get him. VP Pence. Yo, VP. Mike. I mean, Mr. President, Vice yeah. President, mm-hmm. sir. Yeah. Uh, could to you come get on him to come on our show. Um. Uh. You know, I have the attention of a scheduler, but that doesn't mean we're ever going to get him on the show. But yeah. it'd be totally sweet. And we got some pretty sweet shows coming up. We do. Uh, yep. I don't know if I'm even allowed to say, but I mean, I'm excited. You you gave us the calendar for the new year, and uh, there's some. Oh, <laughs> well, and, and we're gonna some, be hitting topics like even like international missions. So yep. some church some church yeah. mission work. Um, we're I was be, happy to have Ben Kinchlow on. I know. Oh, Are man. you kidding yeah. me? Oh yeah. yeah. Wow. Black yellow dogs. Look, just go now and get his book. Get just just be, do even it. before you listen to the interview. That's right. Just yeah. just pause. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon.com. Ben Kinchlow, Black Yellow Dog. It'll change your life, man. Oh, yeah. So yeah. much I didn't oh, yeah. know. Hey, I was going to give a little shout out. I know you're going to do some news on Australia, mm-hmm. but you know what? It reminded me. Um, I met a few weeks ago some of our listeners from Tasmania. <laughs> Did you know that? That is no. crazy. We have where, where were we at? I was at the CREC council meeting in, in Florida. Florida. Wow. And um, so it's our, every three years, all the churches and the community reformed evangelical churches get together. And for council, and we have some brothers visiting. Wow, from Tasmania. Wow, um, and um, two bad things are getting worse. But uh, is is that man. a place where we go vacation? So, so a you, little, can you vacation in Tasmania? I, I, sure, <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's actually warm there right now. Oh, probably sounding good. Southern Hemisphere. So, shout out to the to the brothers in Tasmania. They said they listen to our show like. With their families. Awesome. Well, well, hey, man, Tasmania. Uh, no. <laughs> and, and we're sorry about Gabe. We're, we're, we're sorry about Gabe. Forgive us. We try. Wow. Uh, praise God for great. that, though. That was really, it was encouraging and exciting to, to hear what the Lord's doing there. And yeah, and there and there's some rough days uh, for, for the Christians in uh, Australia. Yeah. Uh, right? So um, just this past, uh, or last week, um, the votes came in from the pot as I understand Australian politics. You guys can correct me, please. The votes came in from the citizens to vote to legalize same sex marriage in Australia. And then they have kind of got to have a house vote on it. Mm. So the house vote happened this week. So the, the citizen and, and, and it was and, confirmed and it was confirmed. And one of our listeners, um, uh, Andy sent us, a, a, a there's a, a picture of the house voting on it. And, it. and apparently how the house votes on it is you go sit on the side of the room that has yes and you go sit on the side of the room that has Ooh, no. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And so you 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 sit, and the the picture he sent us was there's two 
representatives on the no side of the room oh. and everybody else on the yes side. Let me tell you oh. something. Uh-huh. I would hang that picture mm-hmm. up in every place I could. Remember mm-hmm. these folks. Yeah, mm-hmm. those 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 two, the- those two people. And here's uh. what's crooked about it. The guy who tweeted that said, this is what it looks like to sit on the wrong side of history. Oh, yeah. Maybe he hadn't read the Bible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he hadn't yeah. read how this thing right. ends. Right. He he might have. He might have. Uh, he, he, ne- he, never, he never heard about Athanasius against the world. What? <laughs> Contramundum? What? Well, to, to be to be fair, because I don't know exactly if he's tweeting it, 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 his context. Oh, he might right. Be, he might be he in might support. Yeah, oh, okay. right, right, yeah, right. He might be in support. I just. Well, but, but a lot of times that language is used to describe like get on the at least in the, America get on the bus y'all mm-hmm. yeah. you yeah. know we're gonna you know we're we're moving forward with this transgender perversion and homosexual perversion and this is the way of the future we, we need to be praying for our brothers over there mm-hmm. yeah but yeah. related but related to that we also in, in this awkward irony what's going on in the U S the before the Supreme Court this week is the Colorado cake baking case I got a little little yeah. clip I want to play you guys and then we'll we'll get into it. Like any couple getting married, we had a million details to finalize. No, pause, pause, pause. Day, it, it was special to us. No, not like any couple getting married. <laughs> no. Time out. No. no. I'm not even going to give you the honor of saying that comment without stopping you. No, you're not like any couple getting married. David, what do you really think? <laughs> is that, this My is what goodness. unfruitful sounds like. Look, for real. We had a binder full of ideas. They said that they were here to look for wedding cakes. As soon as we sat down with the owner, she asked who the cake was for. They were sitting at our wedding desk. How dare he assume her gender? Open with wedding pictures in front of him. We told him it was for us. Right away, I knew that it's not a cake that I would be able to create for them. I told him, sorry guys, I don't do cakes for same-sex weddings. So that's just a little clip that's of Jack. A, that's Jack, right? I don't know his the last owner name. of the cake bake bacon shop in Colorado. Yeah, and um, uh, so the gay couple comes in. He's never served them before. Right. Um, the one distinction between this and the floral case, yeah, was the florist had served the ho- homosexual couple before for nine years. Right, for all kinds of other purposes. For all kinds of other purposes. And then it just said, but I'm not going to do the flowers for the wedding. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think sweet cakes mm-hmm. are the same thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, they, 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 they were, they were no, the couple in Oregon. That's right. And they had the same, they had a relationship, yeah. I think, with those. I interviewed yeah. those guys. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. That's right, I remember. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it was the same thing there. They had served them before. Yeah, it wasn't a problem. No problem. It was just that, no, we're not going to do the cake for the wedding. We're not going to celebrate. We're not going to celebrate that. Exactly. And so Jack, Jack had no context, didn't know who they were. But takes the same stand. And takes the same stand. And he, he said, I'll sell you any other cake, cupcake, birthday cake right. in my shop. I just don't do same-sex weddings. Right. You you can you could buy a cake and use it for whatever purpose you wanted to, but Jack Phillips is the name there we of go. the guy. Jack Phillips, yeah, yeah, Jack Phillips. So you he's, you could buy. I, I had that here. I don't know. You, you could buy. <laughs> One of your gay business. <laughs> you could buy a cake and use it how you want to. Mm-hmm. Right, but but I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to make a special cake for this yeah. purpose. And, and so and it's before the Supreme cake. Court. This is before the Supreme Court this week. The other point i wanted to bring up about this this what's interesting about this whole case is that um he had uh, a thriving business um he had about 10 employees that worked for him he's super artistic and creative and now because colorado says you have to do same-sex wedding cakes he just doesn't do weddings anymore so he lost about 60 percent of his business in that decision he's down to four employees now so this is this is what you know forcing people uh, looks like yeah you lose business this yeah. this gay couple hadn't lost a damn thing and here he he's lost right. six jobs uh 60 percent of his business i mean it's, right. it's, it's incredible right and this goes back again to the the power i mean i say again what we're going to get into in the next segment the power of uh media uh, of narrative media, education the power though also of of overreach in the federal government yep. um and and so you know the very the very hand that that gives freedom uh, in the Civil War. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I I asked the kids this last week. I think I've mentioned this on a show before, but you know, what do you call it when somebody says, "If you leave the property, I'll shoot you"? Slavery. Right. Ooh. Right. Yeah. So at the very moment at which you know, um, you know, we just and we're gonna you're gonna quote this in a little while. Um, you know, Lincoln uh, is gonna proclaim the the, the freedom of of the slaves and at the same time saying, and if you leave, I'll shoot you. Yeah. If the states leave, the states leave, I'll I'll shoot you. But, but the state that can do a a government that can do that can also say thou shalt bake the cake. Yeah. 
Amen. That's right. What I don't understand is T-shirt. Okay, so this, show, bake the cake. <laughs> so this is going on. So I just recently came back from Minneapolis. Good to be back in the studio, guys. Good to see you. It's so good to see you. It was so weird last yeah, week, man. Yeah, yeah, I missed you guys a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah. making all kinds of faces at uh, you. Uh, are these cross politics socks? Okay. Anyway, yeah. so <laughs> attention span of a bird. Um, so I, I just got back from Minneapolis, and one thing I've noticed is that it's very Muslim. It's starting to become very Muslim out there. Oh. And uh. And I was thinking, just as you were saying that, that the state is um, is playing God. Yeah. Uh, Thou shalt. They're they're not playing God with people like uh, the Muslims in Dearborn, Michigan, where you can't even have pork on their premises. Mm-hmm. They're not playing God mm-hmm. <laughs> with the with the owner, the Muslims that are owning property down in Florida, who won't allow a Wendy's to have bacon in an establishment that they own. Yep. Because yeah. they own the property and Wendy's rents their property. These yep. homosexuals and gay people are not going to the Muslims to buy cakes. Right. Who would never who they would never do it. So so part of my thinking is they're going to people who they think are feeble and weak. Right. And who don't have a standard. Yeah. We we had this happen in, in our own town years ago. There was this this big well, you know, there, it's been it's blown up here in town a, a, a several times. Yeah. Um. And at one point, there was a topless car wash. That's right. In town. <laughs> That's right. And as a as a uh, not as, today, Satan. It's 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 thirty degrees outside right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, but there actually had passed and a city ordinance passed. I think that required like that forbid that prohibited that women and, had to wear and, and so there was this so there was public. this like you yes. know hippie movement of like nah uh, we can do what we want to do and but they started targeting conservative christians in particular and i was working at a coffee shop downtown moscow and had a couple of uh gals walk in off the street shirtless no while i was working a shift wow. Mm. Wow. on i'm totally on purpose oh yeah. yeah right yeah right and uh you know I, I didn't, it was summer, it was slow, and I didn't even, I didn't realize what was going on until kind of halfway in, and I'm like, oh, I see what's going on here. Yeah. Wow. So I, I, wow. So I turned around, and I didn't even look at him. I, I started like doing the dishes or something like that. They come up to the counter, and I hear them say, is there a restroom we can use in here? And I just pointed, I says, that way. And then they went to use the restroom, and then they left. Wow. But I, I'm pretty darn sure the owners of that coffee shop were Christians. They knew we were Christians. Yep. Like yep. they oh, were, yeah. they were, t- they were looking for a fight. Yeah. And, and then, oh, wow. And, yeah. And, um, you know, so I, I lived but, in Eugene, Oregon where it's legal to do that. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. I remember, I remember coming, I moved from Eugene to here and then that topless ordinance started happening. And I was like, wow, we're just, y'all, we're that, just, y'all, y'all hear that? He's from Oregon. <laughs> I lived when I, when I lived in Oregon for a little bit, <laughs> find something new. Let me, let me read this. This is from, uh, 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 so, so, uh, justice Sotomayor. There you go. How about that? Uh, and <laughs> this is, right. do you hear that? Wow. This is the end of her presentation, I think, from yesterday. Okay. Okay. This is the Supreme Court. This is the Supreme Court. Hearing they're, the. Case. They're talking about it now. Yes. They're chatting about it now. She says to the council, the problem is that America's reaction to mixed marriages and to race didn't change on its own. It changed because we had public accommodation laws that forced people to do things that many claimed were against their expressive rights and against their religious rights. That is a lie from the pit of hell. What, who was forcing who on the Jim Crow laws? <laughs> right? We're going to hear about this in just a minute. We're going to hear about this in just a minute. Yeah. Who, who, who's been forcing, what organization has been forcing segregation in America? Right. Well, and the, and the issue is, too, is on what on what basis and and then how yeah. you go about it. Yeah. And so you have people who um are working for freedom and also recognize that it takes time. Yeah. And then you also have people that um who who put a gun to someone's head and say thou shalt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. but ultimately fundamentally this goes back to what's the nature of the world and what's the nature of man. Yeah. Because if 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 we are just the process of molecules and matter if we're just blind chance and it's a materialistic universe, mm-hmm. then might makes right. The right. way things happen is things die. That's how progress happens, mm. right? Yeah. The survival of the fittest. Right. And so it's the lot, like she's speaking the logic of Darwin. <laughs> right. That's, that's the logic of Darwin. That's right. her God. Is, is what you have to do is you have to make it happen. Yeah. But if you believe that we're made in the image of God and that grace is real, 
then that's not what actually gives progress. What, what, right. what brings progress is the Holy Spirit, the gospel, grace. That's what, that's what gives progress. And the holy laws of God's word. Right. Like Ben will be talking about. Here. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But right. that's, but that's what we're up against is it's, right. it's Darwin versus Jesus. Oh man. Right. Yeah. That's right. Just so you know this. Jesus always wins. <laughs> if, you, if you didn't know, when we come back on Cross Politic, the good, great doctor, <laughs> Ben Kinchlow, is up. You guys don't want to miss this segment. Buckle up. Yeah, this is going to be great. Next, Yeehaw. on Cross Politic. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build him a house, not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world, not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu. Canon Press is a publishing house located in Moscow, Idaho. Canon Press, we create and provide products that sketch a vision of the whole life, a whole culture, a life full of beauty, tradition, education, community, laughter, and celebration, unashamed of Christ, and sharply at odds with the values of modernity, a mature culture with the church at the center, living out the good life, one family at a time. We believe our book, audio, and visual selections reflect this exciting life that God has given us under the sun. As the wisest man said, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already accepted your works. Canonpress.com. Welcome back to Cross Politic with us today. Yes. Mr. Ben Kinslow. Ben Kinslow is founder of Americans for Israel, an organization dedicated to promoting a mutual understanding of the ancient bond that exists between Christians and Jews. Uh, Mr. Kinslow also serves as co host of Front Page Jerusalem, a comprehensive news and commentary radio program featuring top newsmakers in the U.S. and Israel. And Ben Kinslow is the author of the book. Black, yellow dogs, the most dangerous citizen is not armed but uninformed. Uh, Mr. Mm. Kenchlow, it's good to have you on the show today. Well, thank you, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for risking your program and having me on. Uh, <laughs> obviously, you don't listen to the show very much. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, hold on, hold on real quick. Um, ben, what else do you do? Toby introduced you a little bit, but I think you're doing some other things right now, too. No, I'm still working. I'm also, you mentioned that object with Israel. I'm also helping build bomb shelters over there because as you know, when a siren goes off here in America, we don't pay that much attention. But when a siren goes off there in Israel, it's because they have launched rocket attacks against the civilian population. And so these people have to find some place to run to for cover. And we are working with the organization that puts transportable bomb shelters uh, in various places like next to schools and hospitals and places wow. where people can go right in and be protected from these bomb shelters. Wow, that's hard to imagine. Yeah. Now, uh, Ben, you have a fam- do you have a family? Yes, I do. I have uh, three wonderful sons and six grandchildren, three grandsons, three granddaughters, and uh, three great uh, wives of my sons. And so, wow. I've been a very fortunate and blessed individual. God's wow. good. Wow. Amen. Amen. Hey, now, now this book is titled. I I read this book, Black Yellow Dogs. Now, explain to our listeners what is a black yellow dog. Well, back in the days, many years ago, when one of the senators was running for election, he articulated Democrats. And they said, well, wait a minute. I want to vote for this Democrat. Well, this other guy came up and said, well, I'm not voting for this Democrat running for senator. I'm going to vote for a Republican. And the guy said, what do you mean you're going to vote for a Republican? He said, well, I disagree with some of the things the Democrat has to say, so I'm voting for the Republican. Why are you voting for the Democrat when you may not agree with all the things he says? And the answer to that was, I would vote for a yellow dog if he ran on the Democrat ticket. <laughs> right. And unfortunately, that is what has happened in many cases today, especially today in the African-American community, where African-Americans vote 
almost 90% for Democrats, regardless of what the issue is, regardless of who the candidate is, they just vote for the guy because he's a Democrat, even if some of the things that he is proposing are um, against what's the best interest of the African-American community. So, so African-Americans are, in effect, for the most part, black, yellow dog voters. And so why, why did you write um, this book in this, this argument? We'll get more to the argument later, but why did, why did you write this book? Because, you know, one of the things that uh, my mama always told me was you need to, in order to make an intelligent decision, you need to find out what's really going on. So I didn't really know when I was a younger man, I just kind of took for granted what I heard, but I didn't know what the facts of the matter was. And then later on, when I became a Christian and, and got away from just acting on my feelings, I started to do some research to find out what was really going on. And I found out that almost all of the civil rights bills that from the 1800s, to the 1960, from 1854 to 1964, all of the significant civil rights bills to help black people in America had all been passed by Republicans over the objections of the Democrats. Yeah. And all these times I thought, wait a minute, and then I, because we'd been taught that Republicans were anti-black. But it turns out that almost all of the civil rights bills all of the voting rights acts had all been passed in favor of blacks by the Republicans. And the fact of the matter is blacks just voted for Democrats regardless of what the facts of the matter were. Ergo, they became yellow dog Democrats. Oh, oh, ben, I'm sorry. I mean, Mr. Kinchlow. Um, no, ben is better. <laughs> yeah, but I think you're talking about my dad if you call me Mr. Kinchlow. Well, well, you don't know my mama. If I call you Ben, I'm going to get a whooping. So. <laughs> Mr. Kinchlow, um, but why is that? Why, are, why does it seem like the majority of black people are voting for Democrats? I mean, they're not ignorant. They know that uh, Democrats obviously want more for them than Republicans do, right? Well, no, they did not know that. And the reason they did not know that was because the reason the founding fathers established a freedom of the press and made that a part and parcel of what America was about is because they wanted the people to know how to make intelligent, informed decisions based on the facts. And so they insisted on freedom of the press so that the press could tell the truth about the matter. Unfortunately, um, if we fast forward to the late 60s, something happened in the 60s nobody paid much attention to. You will remember back in the 60s, there were two groups of people that graduated from college. There were the hippie groups, all these hippies, and then there were the conservatives. Well, what happened to those two groups? Well, here's what happened. The conservatives all went into business. The Republicans, conservatives, all went into business and made the American economy the greatest economy in the history of the world. Well, where did the leftist loonies go? Where did these people, liberals, go? Government. Well, they all went into two separate places. Teaching. They went into education. Yep. And yep. They went into the media. Yep. Oh, yeah. As a result, our children have been taught from a leftist, liberal perspective, and the media has reported what's going on from a leftist media perspective. So the people don't know what the yeah. truth of the matter is. All they know is what they have been taught, and they have not been taught the facts of the matter about the Republicans and Democrats and conservatives and liberals. Wow. Now, one of the things you point out in your book that was, I just, I was, I was riding in an airplane and I was reading your book. And <laughs> he was, he had the blanket over the book and tucked yeah, away. I was like, <laughs> I, 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 a couple times I, I looked up and I looked around me. I was like, I, I hope no one else is seeing what I'm seeing. <laughs> but um, you start at the beginning of American history and which goes to this point about how we've, we've been taught from a particular perspective. And, and that we have not been given the facts. And it was really striking to me, um, particularly when you start off by pointing out that initially, um, there are, there are blacks and whites who are part of sort of an indentured servitude at the very, very beginning uh, of the start of American country, uh, the, the, the country. And, and then, um, the, the sort of the first instance of somebody suing, taking to court, 
um, someone to, to, to insist that their slave be perpetual forever, not just a, for a period of time. You said that's, that that was a black man. Yes, that's true. And, and that's one of the things that people need to be aware of is that, that a, slavery did not exist per se in America. They had what they called indentured servants. Right, and so right. you would come over here and you would work for X number of months uh, or years. And then you, when you got through, they would give you 50 acres of land for each one of the persons that served as a slave. That's a good so deal. So let's just as an indigenous servant. Yeah. So let's just say a father would come and he had a family of a wife and three children. <laughs> so he would then come in and indenture himself and his wife and his children. So if you get wife, children, and yourself as indentured servant for X number of months or year, then when you got free, you would get 50 acres of land for each one of those persons who had served as an indentured servant. Mm. So this is how people came over from England and various countries. They came here, all of them, black and white, came here and served as indentured servants for that period of time. Then what happened was one guy, got his indentured servant, and at the end of his designated period, did not want to let him go. So he went to court and sued to keep this guy, saying, I didn't have this guy for an indentured period. I had him for life. Unfortunately, the court found in favor of this one guy who then became the official first slave owner in America who brought a black guy over and made him a slave. And it turns out that the guy who did the suit was also a black guy. So the first official legal slave owner in America was a black guy. What? Why? Why do we never hear this? <laughs> what? Why? Because as you well know, as we talked about earlier about the fact that the, the, the media, these, these two people, the liberals went into two, edu- two areas, education yeah. and the media. Yep. The yep. reason you don't hear that is because the left does not want you to know what the truth is, they want to brainwash you so you only know what they teach you. All right. And that's what the that's what happens in our schools and in our media. Yeah. So Ben, let me push back on that. Big big deal, the first um at least um uh, written case of of slavery in America was a black man owning a black man. Um Correct. I mean obviously the the far greater uh problem that it arose to was a majority of whites owning black slaves and turning it into even some chattel practices. Um, so why, why does that point even matter in the first place when the greater, um, problems arose, um, later on? Well, if if you go back and look at my book very carefully to find out that it wasn't just this one guy, when slavery became popular, some of the largest slave owners in the South were, Blacks. Stop. Many of them, the largest slave owners in the South, were black. And then what happened was when the when the South decided it was not going to become a part of the Union, then they decided they were going to make everybody slaves in the South. And so that's why Mm. all blacks became slaves in the South. And that's why one of the the primary reasons for the Civil War being fought in America. So. So t- help me understand something. So you got a black man who's making the uh, um, creating a standard for slavery. But then how does it go from a black man owning another black man into just such yeah. a racial tension between white people owning slaves uh, 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 over against this? How does that happen? Well, we're not really sure exactly how this came about. But if you look at the official census uh, and I think about the 1800s thereabouts, what you'll find out it was that three, about 3,700 free blacks owned about 12,000 yeah. blacks. That was and eight, then what 1830, was, 1830 census there. Yeah, in the 1800s. That's about where it went. Yeah. Okay? And so as a result of that, what happened was slavery became an issue that was not easily dismissed. And Britain came on and got involved in this. And what we forget is that when the colonies declared independence from Britain and the United States and America was born, that's when the, uh, com- the confrontation between the Brits and Americans broke out and blacks were citizens in every sense 
of the term, George Washington kicked slavery out, and it wasn't until we had uh, something called the Three-Fifths Clause, which held, remember about the Three-Fifths Clause? Yes, sir. Very racist clause, very racist clause. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) African Americans were only considered three-fifths of a human being. As a result of that, they started to, in the South, make slavery an official thing as a result of the Civil War, or part of the Civil War. Seems like seems like part of what happened, too, was that you have, uh, there's just this, there's a massive, like, worldview clash that kind of um, is building in the early 1800s be- between the North and the South, such that um, trust really, like, uh, deteriorates um, and and they're, they're they become real enemies um, and of course there's a slave issue in the background it's you know it's it's part it's part of the problem but there's also this massive trust issue and 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 such that uh, as the as north and a certain kind of radical abolitionists are even kind of going violent and getting really extreme you got John Brown shooting up a federal garrison and this kind of thing the southerners, uh-huh. southerners kind of doubled down on it. Like it, it was almost like between 1820 and 1860, they're like before that it, it actually wasn't quite as racialized. I mean, it was uh, getting there, but then a bunch of the states rewrite their constitutions in the early 1800s, in, and their constitutions write into them that 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 white is inherently superior to black. Uh, That's it, correct. It, they, they kind of double down on it, though leading up to that war and so it's it's like all this tension in the air and, and the inability to work this out it everybody kind of goes it, it just goes berserk and they get it gets worse oh yes absolutely As a matter of fact most of us are probably familiar with the dred scott situation yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. in yeah. 1800s uh, one of the supreme court justices said and this is a quote negroes so far inferior that they have no rights which the white man was bound to respect and that the Negro might justifiably and be lawfully reduced to slavery for his benefit. <laughs> now, that was in the Dred Scott decision. As a result of that, <clears throat> wow. slavery became legalized, and that was essentially what led to the Civil War in the United States. Yeah. Well, that, that view, uh, the Dred Scott view, was, I think, predominant among white politician leaders. Even Abe Lincoln expressed views along those lines he said in uh, i think one of his debates was with douglas that i'm all in favor of the white race um being the superior race um he also said and i think his letter to thomas greeley he said that um uh, i don't necessarily care if the war ends or if slavery ends i would just want to keep the union together so there were some racial i mean basically like the quote i gave from from his debate with douglas if he said that in our modern times, he'd be considered a modern racist. Yeah, yeah he probably right. would. But you have to remember back in the day what Lincoln was primarily concerned about. And you have to remember what we're talking about here is the potential for the destruction of the United States of America. I mean, we, you know, there's a few colonies, and they were going to not become unified states, but they were going to split right. the country in half. And so Lincoln said, hey, listen, you know, I'm, I'm not for that. But right. but he he was also but he's also um uh had basically a modern ra- or what we'd say is racism in his in in his views on how he viewed slavery anyways so he was he was more concerned keeping the the, the union together but not because he was he was um not a racist <laughs> yeah, he, well, yeah well you know that is probably is history reports that history has a tendency to report things that more accurately favor the ones who's right in history. That's right. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Now imagine that one of the other things that was really striking, uh, Ben was the, the post-war that first big push for reconstruction. Um, I had never heard what you outlined in your book. I'd never heard before how the Republicans, um, push all these massive reforms in the South uh, to integrate blacks and whites, um, to to put you know to to allow for blacks to serve in positions of leadership and authority in the states and in the legislatures, and and then talk talk to us about that. What what happened there? Well, well let me just point out something very quickly, and I, w- I want to point this out 
with all due respect to President Lincoln, etc. So, and here's what, this is what Abraham Lincoln said. I want to say, I have not meant to leave anyone in doubt. I would save the Union. I would save it the shortest way under the Constitution. He went on to say, if I could save the Union without freeing any slave, I would do it. And if I could save it by freeing all the slaves, I would do it. Yeah. And if I could save it by freeing some and leaving others alone, I would also do that. Yeah, right. What about slavery and the colored race? I do it because I believe it helps to save the Union. Mm-hmm. And what I forbear, I prepare because I do not believe it would help save the Union. Right. I should do less. Whatever I should believe that I'm doing hurts the cause. I should do more when I believe that what I'm doing will help the cause. I intend no modification of my off-expressive personal wish that all men everywhere could be free, but make no mistake about it. Lincoln's primary concern was to save, save the union. The union. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, ben, before yeah. we go on, I, we got to take a break here. But when we come back, there's two things I think uh, Pastor Toby hit. One of the most shocking things was the black man owned slave. I think another thing was the shot heard around the world. People don't know that that guy who got shot was black. When we come back, I want you to talk about that. And what I think probably was one of the most prosperous times for black culture was Reconstruction. We'll talk about that more on the next segment with Ben Kinchlow. This is amazing stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to get this book, guys. Black Yellow Dogs, Ben Kinchlow. This is Cy Timbrinke with Answer Anyone Apologetics. Professed unbelievers like to stump Christians with the question, can God make a rock so big that he can't lift it? Well, no. No, he can't. There are things that God cannot do. He cannot lie. He cannot change. And he can't contradict himself, to name but a few. Of course, then the professed unbeliever will say, if God can't do those things, then he isn't all-powerful. What they refuse to realize is that those things are not powers. They are weaknesses. To make a rock so big that it can't be lifted would be a logical contradiction. That would be a weakness, not a power, and is therefore something that God cannot do. Of course, they'll likely insist that in order to be omnipotent, God must be able to do the logically impossible. Then I say, okay, fine. A God who can do the logically impossible can, in fact, make a rock so big that he can't lift it. To which they say, aha, then there's something that your God can't do. He can't lift that rock. And I answer, no, a God who can do the logically impossible can lift a rock he can't lift. And the absurdity of their demand is exposed. When we defend our faith, stick to the true nature and character of God, and you can answer anyone. For more apologetic answers, visit AnswerAnyone.com. Welcome back to Cross Politic. I hope everybody's on Amazon right now buying the book. Yeah, yeah. it's absolutely it, it's, it's hot in here. Yeah, but, <laughs> uh, this is this is good stuff, and this is uh, this is important stuff. So, um, chocolate raised a couple of things right before the break. I want to I'm going to come back to my question real quick, and then I do I, we do need to talk about the shot heard around the world. Yeah, we, yeah, that was just one of the most shocking. things. That, that was ever really cool. But but you were bringing up reconstruction, and this is what I wanted to get uh, you to talk about, uh, Ben is. Okay, the war ends. It's 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 been a it's the bloodiest war in American history. It's this, it's this massive mess, all these tensions and um and and the reconstruction begins and I had never heard before what you outlined what happened in the first 20 years after the war. Well, if you if you remember that the the war ended uh when the south uh, gave up or surrendered to the North. Woo! What happened was you can't say that. <laughs> Wait, the South is listening, Ben. <laughs> I'm from Texas, man. <laughs> Ooh, man, the War of Northern Aggression. Come on, uh-huh. man. all right. Anyway, go ahead. Go. <laughs> well, in 1875, the Civil Rights Act was passed by an outgoing Republican majority because in 1874, the Democrats. I mean, this is after the war, Emancipation Proclamation, all this kind of stuff. The Democrats then regained control of Congress. And when they did, they instituted this thing called the Black Codes. And then when they got the Black Codes, they had executive orders. And then later on, we have, you know, where the blacks are in the South, have lost essentially all their citizenship rights 
and they were taken away from them by these wow. uh, acts of Congress that were taken, that took away the rights that they had fought for, in the Civil War to give to blacks. <laughs> yeah, so, so I'm looking at uh, a page here, page 52, 51, 52, chapter 7, called Moving On, and and you're and you're outlining some of the stuff that they they did as a, the 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 Republican Congress, um, uh, you know, extends registration of voters uh, uh, to 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 blacks. The new state constitutions provide for black male suffrage. Ratification of the Fourteenth Amendment. You said as a direct result of these legislative initiatives, many blacks were elected to local and national office. What, including. Pinckney Benton, Stuart Pinchback, who became the first black governor of any state. He was elected. Wow. He was elected of go- the governor of Louisiana in 1872. You must get that wrong. No, no, ben. man. 1872. 1972. Right? At, no. Oh, okay. At the national, <laughs> at the national level, black office holders, Republicans, all include Republicans. What era is? Okay. Uh, uh, Joseph Rainey, South Carolina, first black member of the U.S. House of Representatives. Blanche Kelso Bruce, Mississippi Senate. First black to preside over a Senate session. Bruce received <laughs> 11 votes for vice president at the Republican convention in, a Republican wow. convention in 1888. Hiram Revels, Mississippi Senate. Robert Brown Ellicott, uh, Elliott, South Carolina House. Interesting sidebar. Three African-Americans have presided over Republican national conventions. Congressman John Roy Lynch, 1884, RNC Chicago. 84. 1884. 1884. Yeah. Senator Edward Brooke, 1968, RNC Miami. Congressman J.C. Watts Jr., 2000, RNC Philadelphia. Yep. Um, wow. When I read that, I'm like, how was that lost, Ben? Like, what happened? Well, well remember, <laughs> and, and we have to, you know, you have to look at history. The reason that we have history, supposedly, is so that we can understand the truth of what happened in our past so that we don't make mistakes not only about in our everyday decisions, but we understand what our, our past is based on. The 13th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States abolished slavery. The 14th Amendment granted citizenship to blacks. The 15th Amendment, this is a, these are members of the Constitution, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Granted voting rights to black men, not black women, just black men. Well, wait, what year was that? Then, what year was that when they had voting rights? The 15th, when the 15th Amendment was passed. I'll Google it. The <laughs> Civil Rights Act of 1866 guaranteed equal rights. Okay. And then, the, then that, the, the first Civil Rights Act passed in America was 1866. In 1870 was the 15th Amendment. Yeah. 1870. Yeah. You guys are missing it by 100 years, right? No, no. <laughs> no, no. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't 1970. It was 1870. Oh, okay. So here's what we need to remember. The reason that we, have, that we did not progress as far as it was intended was because something called Redeemer government took over in the South at the end of the Civil War, and these Redeemer governments were all Democrats, and they appointed a sympathetic Supreme Court, which ignored or overturned every single civil rights guaranteed to blacks wow. by the Constitution that had been amended. Wow. So that's how powerful the Supreme Court is in America. This is what the founding fathers had in mind. They wanted to make sure that we understood something, that we were not to be ruled by anybody. Have you ever stopped to think why we have senators and congressmen? Representatives. And why they only have, huh? To represent us. Exactly. Two years for the congressman. Why just two years? We don't trust them. Why just two years? Because <laughs> diapers stink after a long time. <laughs> you know? Because they are our representatives and they have to come home every two years and ask for our permission to go back to continue to represent right. yeah. us. Right. Mm-hmm. The senators have to come home every six years to get that permission. The president is restricted to two terms, eight years maximum. That's all he can serve. And everybody has to pass, if they pass laws, the Supreme Court is to say, wait a minute. These things are not in law with the Constitution, or not in yeah. line with the Constitution. Yep. Yeah. So Just what has happened not- over the years is we have forgotten that, 
And as a result of that, we have now put people in power who are making decisions that profit them and not us. So, so Ben, um, when the Republicans got, I guess, back in control, um, uh, late 1800s, um, no, it was Democrats. It was Democrats. Democrats. So Democrats got back in control, and then, but then yeah. there was there's another period of thriving for the black culture, the black, I guess, kind of even economy. Um, David uh, Chalk um, brought this up to me that at one point there was even like Black Wall Street going on in Florida, and I think even Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah, there was a lot of th- yeah, absolutely. Um, and, well, now this wasn't in the 1800s. Now this right, 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 right. right. We're, climbing, we're climbing in the early 1900s. So basically, right, we have correct. we have this kind of decline in the late 1800s, and then you kind of have this rebirth of, I guess, black society in the early 1900s. Well, they, uh, well when they're kind of let, they're kind of marginalized, and then they kind of start thriving, kind of on their own. Like, kind of, you kind of, you know, the the, the black community sort of start working hard and like producing, yeah. and mm-hmm. you got you got the uh, the the work of uh, you know Booker T. Washington and yep. the Tuskegee Institute, and right. and these folks that, and so they're just they're trying to thrive, even even in the midst of some of these, um, uh, you know, democrat democratic legislation. Um, yes, exactly. Well, see, one of the things that we that sometimes that that what blacks have been, or what people have been taught, is somehow, and this is why today we have the kind of government situation we have today, is because people have been taught that blacks could not make it on their own without government That's assistance. Right. Yep. And mm-hmm. those things that you're mm-hmm. talking about were proof positive that blacks could make it <clears throat> in business and in education. In all the areas, science included, yeah. if they were given the opportunity to participate, right. and even when there's and places they proved when they, that, yeah, and there's places that even when they weren't given the opportunity, they created their own from their own blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, uh, well, that's what I mean. Yeah. They they proved that they could make it, and and they made it um, without civil rights. So the black millionaire, or the black mm. successful people, were successful by dealing with blacks, and blacks dealt with blacks, and they were inordinately successful. Now, now, ben, now, Bennett, you you did such a good job in this book that I was, you know, you you convinced me so well that when I when you finally get to the end and you say, so like, what happened? Like, what you know, you, you point to a couple of these these moments where uh, Democrat president kind of helps the unions, you know, helps the blacks with the union and so on, and and so there's a couple of these like moments where. Uh, the Democrats do some small things, and you say it looks like that's where the switch happened. And yet, I was still left kind of thinking, "Huh? huh. You know, given given the history, given all of it, like how did that happen? Really? I mean, why have the blacks, the the community, why is it not woken up and said, why are we doing this? Why are we continuing to go along like this big block with the Democrats who don't even stand for what we believe in?" They're pro-abortion. They're pro-homosexuality. Um, they and they and they do treat the black community in many ways like they can't um, succeed unless the government helps mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. What? Well, let me ask you a question. Why do you think that the founding fathers put together and and made part of our constitutional rights freedom of the press? Why do you think they did that? They did that so that so that we could get we could get the facts, like you said. So they anticipated that the the truth of the matter would be told. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, as we pointed out in the '60s, people, the media took on a leftist leaning situation, which turned away from printing the facts of the matter and started printing um, what is essentially leftist propaganda. <laughs> Conservative, for example. Just you, if you if you hear the word conservative or liberal, yeah, do you know at one time who the conservatives in America were? Yeah, the the racist Democrats. Exactly. And now, who are the conservatives in America? Well, the Republicans, sort of. <laughs> That's what they're called, and why they're called conservatives because they want people to think that we're talking about racist, anti-black people, right. Who are conservatives, and why do you think? 90% of blacks vote for liberals as opposed to conservatives. Well, because they know that the liberals actually care about people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, but it sounds that way. It, yeah. that, that's, that's the rhetoric of it, is that that means freedom. 
so 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 Ben, as you look right now, knowing what you know and 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 seeing the changes happen, I, oh man, there's so much to talk to you about. I know, I know we don't I have know. the time, yeah. but just to jump ahead, jump ahead a little bit. What is the state of the black culture today, from from your perspective? Well, you know, I'm I I don't believe that religion is a a God concept because God talked about religion in the Bible uh, six times, and of those six references, five of them were negative. So even God don't like religion. The problem with the African-American community is we have been led to believe that what we're talking about are religious concepts. We're not talking about religion. We're talking about the concepts that the founding fathers put into effect. Biblical principles were not necessarily religious principles because the biblical principles pointed out that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Had nothing to do with race, had nothing to do with color. The problem or the concept was that all men and women born in America were to have the constitutionally guaranteed rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That is the foundation stone for America's greatness, and that was the thing that made America the greatest country in the history of the world. So Life, Liberty in the pursuit of happiness for all citizens. This this might sound like kind of a a, a change in conversation here, but uh, there's an end to this. Um, did you vote for Trump? Yes. Hey. Now, why are you trying to get a lynch party to show what this man's doing? <laughs> you trying to get a lynch party? So oh, one, one of the goodness. things one of the things that we uh, I've, we've talked about um, on air and off air um, here is um, you know in the 1860s. You have this big growth of federal government, is which out uh, as a birth out of the Civil War, and that the power kind of centralizes a little more at the federal government level after the Civil War. Um, the states, we, I, I believe that the states had the right to secede. Now, I think they there were sinful reasons in what they in, in that they did the reasons why they seceded were sinful, but what happened was after the Civil War, the states were now forced to be part of the union as opposed to willingly being able to join the union um, like they did when they ratified the constitutions in the 17 or late 1700s. But because of that growth in the federal government, now we have um, this, this federal government that kind of has taken on, uh, you know, legs of its own and we have far much greater oppression than the civil war and the slave trade so we, ever could have imagined. We got Roe versus Wade. We got Obergefell. You know, we got this this uh, Supreme Court um, demanding the right. You know that we've we've you got to have the right to murder your baby. You have you you know well yeah, and so, potentially bake a cake. Well, uh, even acor- according from right? according from Ben, the, the Supreme Court has been stepping out of bounds for a long time since right. Dr- since Dred Scott, <laughs> since Dred Scott, <laughs> and even before that in the sixteen hundreds uh, when that slave was given yeah. over to that was a, some sort of court back Co- then. Court but. courts do bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And so, Ben, now we're in this situation where we have, um, because the states were not allowed to secede like they should have been allowed to, now we have a far greater oppressive mechanism than the slave trade could have ever imagined. I mean, you, you know the stats probably. 50 million babies have died due to abortion um, when there was, you know, um, a million slaves in, in the Civil War. Um, you know, 600,000 people died in the Civil War. 50 million babies have died um, since 1973. What are your... What are your thoughts on all, and it's kind of a big question, and a loaded question, I'm sorry, but what are your thoughts on all that? Well, well let me ask you this, uh, sir. Do you believe that there's such a thing as right and wrong? Absolutely. Based on what? The Bible. So if you take the Bible and the Bible, biblical precepts out of society where no longer people abiding by the biblical precepts, not religious precepts, but biblical precepts, what kind of status of right and wrong do you have in a society? <laughs> An atheistic society. You got another, well, that's, that's, why, but that's, why I, that's why I asked you if you voted for Trump or not, because one of the goofy things that we have in Trump is he's basically a mirror image of Bill Clinton. He has very similar economic policies Bill Clinton had. He has very similar. Ben's face Bill Clinton just, just frowned Bill, up a little bit. <laughs> Bill Clinton was talking about building a wall. Bill Clinton was talking about tightening up our borders. Bill Clinton cheated on his wife. You know, we have, and, and the only reason why we voted for Trump was because he had the R. He's a he's a Republican yellow dog um, behind him, 
And he's the same. How did we get to the point where all these conservatives voted for Donald Trump when they never would have voted for Bill Clinton? Well, they if they had been cons- uh, all in favor of Clinton, they would in would have elected Clinton's wife to the uh, sure. Uh, you know, they, but they didn't. Yeah, sure. Now, why did they not? Man, because she was she was just worse. <laughs> <laughs> she was she was she was so bad. I mean, I, I think I think there's definitely a huge reaction to even Obama's administration there. I mean, that, I think one of the things that struck me in our in our conversation here was that there was a reactionary vote even in the late 1800s. You have you have in the 1800s you have okay Abraham Lincoln gets elected and then he um, ends uh, he ha- fights the Civil War in slavery and then uh, you know ten years later all of a sudden all these Democrats get elected. So you have this reactionary. Democratic um, election that happens, and then the same thing you're experiencing. You've seen us kind of do the seesaw back and forth for the last, you know, several elections. Where all right, we have a Republican House, Democratic House, Republican President, Democratic President. We just keep seesawing back and forth. Toby's got something here. Uh, all right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna butt in here and and bring us in for a landing. But um, Ben, I I appreciate uh, what you're doing here, and and as a as a fellow believing a believing Christian in Jesus, um. I want you to close out by telling our listeners, um, you've already said it's, it's not about religion. It's not about a, a mm-hmm. particular religious form, but I think you do agree that fundamentally we've lost our way as a people in terms of um, submitting our lives fully and completely to the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. Um, talk to our listeners. What do we need to do? Black, white, whoever we are, um, what do we need to do? Well, one of the things that we really need to understand is you have to define what is right and wrong? Let me ask you a question. Is it wrong to uh, rape women? Yes. Is it wrong to kill people? Yeah, preach, Murder. preacher? Yes. Is it wrong to steal stuff? Yes. It sounds like the Ten Commandments were going down the line here. <laughs> because God but says that, so. That's my whole that's point. Right. Yeah. Why is it wrong to do that? Yes. Because God says so. Because in certain civilizations around the world today, Islam being predominant among them, these concepts are not considered right or they're not considered wrong. Mm. It's okay to do that. What we forget sometimes that Western civilization is based on the transcendent principles that are articulated in the Bible. Not religious principles, but transcendent principles, which means they apply to every single human being equally. Mm. It's wrong to do certain things, and it's based on the fact that the creator of the universe says this is wrong. Why would he say that certain things were wrong? Because they were inherently harmful to the victims of these things. So he said, I don't want you doing these things. As a matter of fact, he said, I'm going to reduce it down to something that is so simple that everybody can apply to it. It has nothing to do with religion. It has to do with how you would like to live. And here's what he reduced it to. The whole law and all the prophets are contained in this one single verse. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Well, that's not the King James Version. <laughs> King James Version says. Kishlo Version. <laughs> do unto others what? As you'd have them do unto you. As you would have them do unto you. So if, do you want somebody raping your wife? No. No. So don't I'd, rape I'd somebody kill him. I'd kill him if he did. daughter or children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's yeah. This is what God had in mind when he established the principles by which he anticipated to live. But can you imagine what the world would be like if everybody treated other people just the way they wanted to be treated. And if they didn't do that, there were certain laws that said, if you do this, you'll be punished. No if, Mm -hmm. no ands, no buts. For example, when I was a kid growing up, murder was against the law. You know what they did to murderers back in the day when I was a kid? They killed them. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Hey, well, this has been really good, Ben. Absolutely. Uh, We appreciate your time. And uh, and please stay on the line for a minute here as we close. Um, and uh, but really, thank you. And may may God turn our hearts 
back to himself. Yeah. And Amen. may he uh, and may he give us a reformation uh, in this land. But this is this is why the gospel is so important. This is why. Oh, yeah. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. Hey, make your way over there to Amazon and get this book, Black Yellow Dogs by Ben Kenshlow. You don't want to miss reading this, Mr. Goodbye. This is Cross Politic. <laughs>